Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Right now, it is the time of year when champions are made, losers drowned, and the cream rises to the top. This is the time of year where you need to make a decision. Am I a champion? Am I truly a champion? Or am I just fucking around? Because if you're truly a champion, that's one of the reasons why you're listening to this show today. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, the Monday Review Show. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with my brother, of course, Michael. Man, I got to say, I'm. it's just super random, but it just occurred to me right now that thanksgiving is still a part of this fantasy week i feel like that happened like seven weeks ago at this point with everything that happened this weekend it's been a long ass week it's like uh it seems like forever this this whole week seems like forever i remember the fantasy space i was in with my team last year i mean last week is so different than the fantasy space i'm in with my team this this week it's like a complete 180 i feel i feel like you feel the same a lot of people probably feel the same. A lot of things went down this weekend. But the most thing that went down is people being thankful. And before we get started, I just want to say we are thankful for you, the fans, the listeners. Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, thank you so much for making this possible. We get to sit around and talk about fantasy football and make a little cash doing so. And the reason is because of you. And we thank you very much. In order to keep this going, if you want to give to the show, we would appreciate it. Please join Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Um, you could find that at BrotoFantasy.com. Even if you can't do Patreon, like we, you know, not everyone could do it. I, I understand. It's it's cool. Support the show by supporting the website. Support the show by sharing the articles. Support the show by leaving a positive review. Uh, anything that you can to help us out. We really, really, truly appreciate it. And we are so grateful because you give us an opportunity to do this. And uh, really just a reason to give my... Uh, an excuse to give my wife to watch football all day is what you give me, which I, I really appreciate. Uh, I, I really do. And, um, yeah, so thank you guys for that. We appreciate you, and we appreciate uh, your patronage. So thank you. Um, before we get started, we have to talk about um, the, the all this news and all this ridiculous shit that's happening. And there's only one man that could bring it to us, Michael. You know it. We know it. They all know it. <laughs> Donnie H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donathan H. Nothing like Donnie H to brighten up the Monday night blues. That's definitely his full name, right, Donathan? Donathan Harrington Isker. What was that? Donathan Harrington Isker. Nah, nah, that was like a, that was a bad joke on a level of Paul Rudd being unpurposely ridiculously bad in uh, was that the <laughs> name that movie like Best Friends? What's the name of that movie with Jason Segel? Mad funny movie. I just watched it recently with my wife too. I love you, man. I love you, man. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that level. That was uh, I'll see you I'll see you now or I'll see you at another time. Yeah, that that shit is. I love you, Tico, bro. Hey, 
<laughs> I love you, bro, Chacho. All right, so let's get into the news. Um, there's a lot of news to get through today. This might be the longest news section of of this entire season uh, because the bombshell, the absolute fantasy bombshell that was dropped just moments before we got on air here, Will Fuller announced on Instagram that he is being suspended for six games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substance policy. He said he trusted a doctor to give him something, and that doctor broke his trust. And because of that, he has to pay the price. You could tell he was pissed by his tone, but he kept it, you know, civil, very classy, but definitely angry at this at this dude for screwing him over. So um, talking about screwed over, a lot of fantasy teams are going to be screwed over because Will Fuller was an absolute stud. And if you took the chance on Will Fuller, and this is his first full healthy season. He's missed one game. That's it. Amazing. Yeah. And he's been I mean, that's, amazing. That's what's, uh, that's what's fishy about it, though. Like, look, I'm not here to make accusations, but that is what's uh, a little fishy about the situation. Like, Will Fuller is finally healthy, and then they they nail him for PEDs. I guess I guess I see what you're saying. I guess I see what. But you're again, saying. I'm not I'm not here to accuse. So, well, <laughs> I'm not here to accuse, but accusations to follow. It's, that is interesting. <laughs> it, no, it is interesting, but you know, it's, it sucks because if you're a Will Fuller manager, all of a sudden you played the injury cards. Like, yo, I, I rolled the injury dice and I came up spades. But this happens now. So either way, Will Fuller is now down for the remainder of the season, whether it was an injury or whether it's this. Like, your biggest fear about Will Fuller came true. It sucks. Yeah, it's really bad. I mean, I, I'm in a, I have a team that's 9-3 and three after this week, chilling in first place, and I lose Will Fuller and DJ Moore. And I was already a little thin at wide receiver, so it's pretty frustrating. Got All to right. figure that out. Let's get logistical. Um so first, the the lesser of the two announcements, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Washington game is being moved to Monday night in a Monday night triple header next week. That's week 13. More consequentially, this week, the Ravens and Steelers week 12 game was moved from Tuesday to Wednesday. Yep. So for the first time ever, we're going to have Wednesday night football. So the question is for you, Michael. Like this game is not in. I, I mentioned this in when we were when we were previewing the week. I said this game is not guaranteed to play. Do not treat this the same as you would the Titans game. And I think that's happening. I'm I'm not even sure that's gonna play. I hope your I hope your league put something in place. I really hope you did. I really hope something happened. Um, but shit, bro. I like. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to this. It's just a wacky world, and we got to live in it. Yeah, uh, that's just the way it is, and seems like all platforms at this point are just allowing Wednesday games to count, which seems like the obviously correct move. I mean, I was always under the impression that if it counts as Week Twelve or whatever week, if it counts as the current week in the NFL, then obviously it should count for the current week in the fantasy world as well, and that's what it seems like fantasy platforms are doing which makes the most sense i mean at least players who got shook but took the risk leaving their players in on tuesday at least they know they'll be playing on wednesday and it's not a straight up cancellation like 
I understand if people are upset, like, oh, I was up by two and this guy had Claypool, I would have won or something like that. But you really want to win that way anyways. Yeah. Like, this way, everyone, it's way. it's the most fair way. You just just let it be. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy year with some crazy stuff going on. So just, just got to roll with it. I wonder how waivers are going to run. Because probably waivers are going to run, <laughs> like, during the I know game. ESPN uh, delayed waivers to... Thursday, I think. Maybe I think Yahoo's gonna do something similar. Sleeper said whatever you have, it's gonna stay that way. So that's a little bit different um from platform to platform. It's interesting how platform to platform tackle this differently and how everyone's not yeah. playing on the same playing field in that. I guess that's what you get, right? Um let's move on. Julian Edelman put on the COVID list. Uh you know, you haven't been playing Julian Edelman because he's been hurt anyway. Yeah, I He's isn't he already on the IR? Yeah, I mean they they put him on the COVID list now, so uh, whatever that means. Um, yeah. Well, I mean I hope he's uh, I hope he's good, but yeah. Uh, some injury news, uh, some big time injury news. DJ Moore, X-rays were negative, but he had a non-contact injury, so X-rays don't really matter. You're gonna have to wait for that MRI. The MRI is gonna show what's what's really going on. Um, Rules said he's not out for week 14, but you know. He had a non-contact injury, and then he had to be carted off the field. So that's something that you have to be aware of. Yeah, it seems a little odd that they're saying that he might be able to play, in my opinion. But, I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. But, obviously, just keep an eye on it. It's better for him that they have a bye next week anyways. But, I don't know. I'd be pretty shocked if the dude is back week 14. He he looked like he uh, he got hurt pretty bad. Um, Josh Jacobs. So reports are he has a chance to play against the Jets, quote-unquote. Um, he suffered an ankle injury. So it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I'm getting ready to tear the Raiders a new one later in the show. Just want to let you guys know. And, you know, one of the reasons is because Devontae uh, uh, Booker was in the, was in the game with without any explanation when they were inside the 20 i think at, at, at a certain point inside the 10 yard line instead of Josh Jacobs when they turn the ball over and they end up turning the ball back over and the drive stalls out and i'm just like how do you not have your best player on the field at that point i don't care what kind of like rotation you're putting them in like your best player needs to be in at that point turns out he's injured so this injury if you're a Josh Jacobs manager might actually be a good thing because that means that it's not the role that's changing. It's just like the health concerns. And if he has a chance to play, that means that this is going to be a one-week injury at the most. We warned you last week that you should be handcuffing your players. So you should have have Devontae Booker on your team if you are Josh Jacobs' manager. But if you don't, you're going to have to pay up some fab for him because he's going to be a hot commodity this week. Yeah, Um I don't know. An injury is never a, a good thing in my eyes. Like it's Let's be real. It's Josh Jacobs. Devontae Booker has been stealing work when they're leading by a lot. It's not like he has one bad game and then Devontae, Parker is just, excuse me, Devontae Booker is just going to start stealing goal line work and shit. So, I mean, it's Josh Jacobs' backfield. So it doesn't matter if he – like I never want my player to be injured. Like, sure, that's why Devontae Booker was stealing the snaps. You're like, phew, he wasn't losing his job. But he was never going to lose his job anyways. So, I mean, no, I, an injury is never something I'm excited about. I mean, I just thought it was – I'm not excited about it. I, did I did I come off excited 
I'm definitely not excited. Maybe it's a good thing. No, I said it's a better (laughs) thing than he's not getting all the goal line carries because the only thing the guy does is score touchdowns. And when he doesn't score a touchdown, he's ineffective. So if if he's not getting every single goal line carry, yeah, that's something that I'm concerned about. But he is still, so I'm not. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, well, it wasn't that before. But I do have, I'm a Josh Jacob manager in many leagues, and I have Devontae Booker in many leagues. And I'm very happy about that. Um... Are we done with the Josh Jacobs? I, I think so. All right. <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Um, it looks like he's going to be the starter. I don't I don't know if it's a vote of confidence. When asked if he's going to start, Matt Nagy said, I don't see why not. <laughs> Dude, he sucks. He's really bad. It was it, Oh, there it goes. Thanks, Tim. I mean, I I got hyped in the beginning when they were like, Trubisky has this new lease on life. And Rawr. And he's in the huddle like, raw, yeah, let's go. And it, the whole game was kind of a, it was funny because it shows you how narratives stick. Like, I'll never forget this one narrative that, like, Howie, Howie Kendrick, mad random. Howie Kendrick. Second baseman slash third baseman utility infielder for the uh, Dodgers, for the Mets at a certain time, for the for the wa- champion World Washington Series, Nationals. Nationals yeah. yeah. Um, when he came up, everyone was like, he has the swing of a future batting champ. And that narrative kind of followed him around. And it kind of like just became tagged on him to the point when he was 36, someone on ESPN said, man, he's just got the makings of a future batting champion. Just because that's the talking point that has been used over and over and over and over again. And Tony Dungy kind of got lost in that trap where it was like, it was like the game was over. It was like the fourth quarter and Mitch Trubisky made a nice outplay and... And uh, and Dungy was like, yeah, you know, this is one of the things that he's been really working on, new lease on life. It's like, dude, it's fucking 100 to nothing. Like, what are you talking about here? This dude is fucking horrible. And, uh, man, I, I I don't know. That's all. That's my that's my rant about Mitch Trubisky. Interesting. I'd still maybe start him against the Lions. <laughs> against would, the Lions? I would stream not, him against I mean, the Lions. I would he do did it. End up, he did end up as a top 10 quarterback. Hilariously enough, this is like classic Mitch Trubisky, yeah. Blake Bortles esque fantasy football production. I mean, he seemed to help out Allen Robinson. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, uh, it's just that that Bears team really needs to get a legit quarterback. Breaking news right before we came on too is um, I don't know. This hasn't been confirmed yet, so this is just a preliminary report. Uh, follow us at Brodo Fantasy to keep up with the reports as they come in. Um, Preliminarily, it looks like J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are actually going to be able to play on Tuesday because they do not have the virus. Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, excuse me, because they yeah, do not have enough. the virus. So um, they've moved it back enough where that's possible. So good um, for that. It does suck if you were someone who thought J.K. Dobbins was definitely not playing this week and took him out of your lineup and got, you know, a, a bad game from a replacement. That sucks. But, yeah. yeah um Next piece of news. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, Michael. Respond to that. So it wasn't on the it wasn't on the the list that I put. It's just breaking news. So I got I got flustered by it. <laughs> no, I mean it's interesting. Uh, a lot of players who are banking on Gus Edwards, if Dobbins and Ingram play, that's pretty damn frustrating for those guys. But maybe they already had Dobbins, and now they're able to get Dobbins in their lineup or something of that sort. Either way, it just makes an odd situation even odder. Yeah, for sure. You want to talk about an odd situation? Excuse me. I don't know if you heard this interview with Adam Gase. Yo, all this, 
uh, it was after the game, and all the reporter was asking was was like, so who's calling the plays? Dude, this guy was up there sweating and answering the question as if like he was being interrogated by the FBI. Like, you know, it was him, and then it was me, and then it was, and then I took over, and then it was, it's like, uh, well, it wasn't you then. It was like, well, it was because it was third down. I obviously called third down. It's like, like, yo, what are you doing at this point? Like, it is clear, clear that the only reason this man still has a job is because the Jets have their sights set in cruise control on 0-16 and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence in the draft. It's just, it gets worse every day, and it, it doesn't seem like it can, but then it does. It's just absolutely hysterical how bad Adam Gase is at coaching, at speaking to other humans, <laughs> yeah. at literally everything that involves anything related to human contact. <laughs> it's just ridiculous at this point, so I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I just, my jaw dropped watching that. Like, I don't even know if could get to this level. Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> no offense if you're if you're like an introvert like there's nothing wrong with that but like there's certain things that you just like you you can't be this when you're a head coach of a football franchise like sorry man <laughs> like this it's not cut out for you like hot damn bro this is ridiculous speaking of ridiculous and coaches bruce the bruce, bruce arians needs to never give an interview again and just shut up Buccaneers yeah, him coach. too. He's like the opposite Adam Gase. He just doesn't shut up saying stupid things. <laughs> Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians said Ronald Jones needs to have 20 touches. I don't believe you, Bruce. Oh, that's it. No, you're done. You've lied to me too much. I'm breaking up with you. Not as a, you know, you're a cool guy. And I'm, I, I love your fantasy players. But I'm breaking up with you in terms of me taking any information from you whatsoever. I don't believe you. Go, go. Talk, talk. I'm not listening. Yeah, for real. Like, yeah, Ron, let's see. Ronald Jones, 20 touches a game. Leonard Fournette's going to get 38 carries. He's going to, like, break the carry record next game. How crazy would that be? Yeah. That 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 would be pretty crazy. Um, Michael, you tweeted something from the Brodo account that I thought was hilarious. Or maybe it was Jason. I, I, it was hilarious, so I'm guessing it was you. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> um, hey, <yo. laughs> the 49ers are going to play their home games at the Cardinals stadium in week 13 and 14, because their home city has shut down all sporting events. Cause it's getting real bad out there in Cali. Yeah. Uh, it was actually Jason who tweeted that. So shout out to Jason. The, oh. uh, <laughs> the 49er stadium heads to the IR along with the rest of the team. Yeah. Jason's definitely going to let me have it on Wednesday for making fun of him. And even though he <laughs> was the one. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a strange situation, but again, like what do you, it, it's not like there's going to be fans there or anything anyway. So, so be it. The strange year continues to be strange. I don't really see what San Fran is gaining from this really, but oh, well, um, I think that's it, uh, for the headlines. That was a long headline list. So let's not keep you any longer. Actually, we're going to have to keep you for about a minute longer, maybe two minutes because we want to tell you about our sponsors. Yay, yay. Um, shout out to PartyBelts.com, the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. At PartyBelts.com, you can make a completely customizable championship belt with anything you want on it, any style you want in a dope frame on a one-size-fits-all beer-holding belt so you can serve your friends while you serve your friends. And if you use the promo code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O at checkout, you get 15% off. Again, that's partybelts.com. Get your own belt. Own it forever. 
and don't break the bank on it. And yeah, go there. Partybelts.com. Michael, why don't you tell them about Thrive Fantasy? Yeah, Thrive Fantasy is a DFS site or app where you choose teams based on given props, such as uh, if you were to play in tonight's game, Russell Wilson, 285 yards passing over under. You choose out of like 15 or 20 or so, you choose 10 uh, and you get points. Like it'll be Russell Wilson over 285, 100 points, under 100 points. And then it'll say three and a half touchdowns over 150 points, under 70 points. So it's also a uh, probability based. And if you end with the most points, you win money. It's a, uh, it's fun. It's very simple compared to other algorithm bots that you face in other DFS style tournaments. Um, and if you, First, if you're a first time user and you deposit with the code Broto20, B R O T O 20, you will get a deposit match up to 50 bucks starting at $20. So go ahead and get that free cash and uh, go win some extra cash. Let's get into the we saw that coming things that we said, hey, this makes sense. Which not many things made sense this last week, but we've seen it coming. I saw that coming from a mile Oh, I almost got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that, but I got the little the little lag at the end. My my trigger finger's a little slow. My trigger finger's a little slow. All right, Michael, who's your we saw that coming? Uh my first we saw that coming is the man, the myth, the legend. <clears throat> Upon his return, Mr. Austin Eckler. Yay, yay. Shout out to Austin Eckler. I was on the bandwagon of Hey guys, if you have Austin Eckler. You play him. I don't understand what the concern was there. And it's not like other people weren't playing Austin Eckler. But, I mean, the thing that concerned me is he was consistently ranked, like, 15th to 20th in rankings. And I was like, no, just play Austin Eckler, man. It's Austin Eckler. I had him in my—I think I had him at running back 8. He was in my top 10. And uh, even in a game where he didn't find the end zone and didn't run super— effectively on the ground he still ended with 18 and a half fantasy points 16 targets 11 receptions 85 yards austin eckler if you made it to the playoffs with austin eckler on your squad you are a scary team going forward and if you are worried about if justin herbert would throw to him a lot question answered um second we saw that coming my first we saw that coming sorry was michael i'm just gonna i'm just gonna mention it real quick because i know you're talking about this guy later Antonio Gibson, I told you, Mike. I told you. You doubted the man. You shouldn't have doubted him. I told you. Ha ha. All right. I'm done. Um, <laughs> go next. Uh, yeah, Tim. That's. I'm not going to argue on that one. I'll, I'll get into it a little more later <laughs> on, but thanks for rubbing it in. No, yeah. Oh, that's what I do. You know, I'm, I'm an older brother. I think rubbing it in is part of my uh, job description. My second we saw that coming is Devontae. Parker, I uh, I was high on Devontae Parker this week. If Ryan Fitzpatrick was QBing, I said if he, I had him at like wide receiver 29-ish, and I said he's going to jump into my top 20 if Ryan Fitzpatrick is at QB, and that's where I put him. And he ended big game, 14 targets, 8 receptions, 119 yards, nearly 17 fantasy points as a, um, uh, without even finding the end zone. The Dolphins need to keep Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, man. But that's another that's another conversation for another time. But yeah, Devontae Parker had a very nice game against the Jets, and it was good to see. 
Um, this one's gonna be a little too easy, but I'm taking the I'm taking it anyway. Derrick Henry, look, I know he was playing a very good matchup. I mean, a very bad matchup. And the Indianapolis Colts defense is very good. So you would think that, you know, maybe it's not going to be as good as usual for Derrick Henry. But as we've been talking about with Derrick Henry, this man comes alive at this time of year. It is his time. It is his destiny. It is his duty to come alive during this time of year. This is why they gave him the millions and the millions. 116 yards on the ground, three touchdowns last week and just absolute dominance in every way and he just wears you out and wears you out and wears you out and then pop i'm sorry i'm reading the wrong game wrong game on that one 178 yards and three touchdowns i'm reading the wrong three touchdown game that's how you know this man is good because he's got two of them on top of three two touchdown games Dude, this is the time where he's going he's going to win a lot of people championships because his his upcoming schedule is ridiculously out of this world. His playoff schedule is at Jacksonville. And by the way, for most players, at is a bad thing. For Derrick Henry, he has now run for a hundred or more yards in eight straight road games. He just loves to go to other people's backyards and run them over. That's the type of dude he is. At Jacksonville, and then Detroit at home, and then at Green Bay. If you don't know what we're we're talking about here, Jacksonville has allowed the sixth most points to fantasy wide receivers. Detroit running backs. backs. Detroit the most. Green Bay the second most. What? Chad, this this guy is going to be the championship. The championship winner, Derrick Henry. And it's a guy who just always performs in December anyways. So just like a cherry on top of the cake. And it's a man, oh man, is it going to be glorious for those who roster Derrick Henry? For sure. Um, is that it? Did you did you yeah. do your second one? Oh man, time flies when you're talking about how dominant Derrick Henry is. You want to talk about... We've mentioned this on the pod before, but if you're a first-time listener or if you just want to do it again, if you ever want to see something absolutely ridiculous and crazy, like unbelievable, like comic book type shit, just do yourself a favor and Google Derrick Henry high school stats. Yeah, or, word. Or go on YouTube and watch the, the, this short documentary about Derrick Henry and who he was in high school. Yo, this guy... I Yo, the stats are are like over a video game. Like video game is is too little. All right, since we're done with that, let's get into the surprises of the week, the things we definitely did not see coming. Surprise, motherfucker. All right, Michael, so who's your first surprise of the week? My first surprise of the week is a guy I had ranked inside the top five. But by golly, Tim, he put up some numbers that we haven't seen in ages. Mr. Tyreek Hill. Oh, my this Lord. This guy had 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first quarter <laughs> he ended with on 15 targets if this game was close he may have broken the yards record like the final score may have been 27 24 but it was a 27 to 10 game it wasn't even close like they just came back at the end he ended with 13 receptions 269 yards and three touchdowns that is 
one of the most absolutely ridiculous games. And this is coming off two straight games where he was also a ridiculous stud. He now has double-digit touchdowns in three of his last four games. Over 20 points in four straight games. Remember earlier on in the season when we were like, Terry Kill has been good this season, but he doesn't have like the uh, the explosion games. I don't know where those went. Well, they're here. Repeatedly, over and over. And this is also a great time to have Tyreek Hill on your roster because, holy moly, is he just dominating. Yeah, for sure. Um, another guy who it's a great time to have him on your roster that absolutely came out of nowhere. Tyreek Hill is the is the man. And watching him play last last night was just like like a little a little like a grown man amongst little kids. Except like 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 he was as better how could I say this? He was better than the people he was playing by the same ratio of his size to them. If that makes any sense, but opposite. I hope everyone yeah. understood that. Did you understand what I'm saying at all? Kind of. All right. you, you, you didn't explain it great, but what do you mean? <laughs> the ultimate surprise was Latavius Murray. I mean, we knew he was going to get some work, and that he might be a good play. Andy Barron's shout out to him, one of the goats. He actually called Latavius Murray having a great game. But to get 19 rushes, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. What? Huh? <laughs> what? Huh? Like, what? I I don't even know where to begin with this. Because this is the definition of fantasy quadrants that we talk about sometimes. How the fantasy season is kind of broke down into four quarters. And each quarter is kind of a different season inside of itself. And we are entering the fourth quarter of the season where we have to legitimately ask ourselves, is Latavius Murray a better play than Alvin Kamara? That's a thing. That's a sentence I just said. It's very, very upsetting, man. I have both of them. I've, I played the handcuff game. I have Alvin Kamara. I have Latavius Murray. I don't know who to start next week, Michael. It's pretty hilarious. I'm not going to lie to you. That, that's, that's not hilarious. Hilarious to. is not the correct adjective to describe I was the guy. I was the guy who was like, chill out. All right. And now it's like, hot damn. Maybe I shouldn't have been so chill about it. Again, though, man, for whatever reason, it seemed like the Saints decided, you know what? The Broncos aren't playing with the quarterback. We'll beat them without a quarterback, too. <laughs> because they played one of the strangest games I've ever seen from New Orleans. They just ran the ball nonstop. And they decided they weren't going to throw the ball downfield with Taysom Hill. It was nothing like the Atlanta game. And I don't know if it was because Taysom Hill just had a bad game or if they just decided to play down to their competi- competition for whatever reason. Broncos have a good yeah, defense. Yeah, it was, it was odd uh, all around. But yeah, I mean, I understand why you're concerned. It, it's This is one of those things that like complete 180 flips the script of teams heading towards a fantasy playoffs. Because Absolutely. Alvin Kamara... Was the absolute stud. Best ball teams and best ball tournaments. People who were trusted on Alvin Kamara who got them first place heading into those big tournaments and such. Sucks for you at this point if this doesn't change because it is absolutely mind-bogglingly mind-bogglingly different from what it was a couple of weeks ago. And Taysom Hill is the quarterback for the foreseeable future. So if this doesn't change in a hurry, 
it's going to be bad. You were the chill guy, right, Michael? I was the opposite. Yeah. I was the holy shit, everything's going, everything's crumbling. Keep the walls up. Every and I didn't even expect this. I didn't expect a running back on the team gets one twenty three and two touchdowns, and it's not him. I just expected no running backs on the team to get that. Yo, and, yeah. and and the way that the, the offense runs because you know I'm I'm watching this closely now. It's Taysom Hill is dropping back one read, and it's and I remember one play comes to mind where Taysom Hill took a sack after scrambling around, and on the play, it's it's just a it's a it's a standard Saints play. The wide receiver runs a slant inside. Alvin Kamara runs a little up and out out of the backfield. He turns the corner on the on the slot safety on the slot corner, and that's an easy ten yard gain for Alvin Kamara. That's where the bread and butter is. That's the bread and butter right there. That's all Drew Brees does. And instead, what Hill did is he looked off Michael Thomas and then scrambled around inside a pocket which was collapsing and then took a sack instead. And it was devastating to see. Like, it was just like a microcosm of the whole game. And that's that's what it is. It's just, it's just a completely different style of quarterback, completely different style of offense. And not for nothing, Latavius Murray fits it better. I'm not telling you now, start Latavius Murray over Alvin Kamara. I am telling you that if you have Latavius Murray and you don't have Alvin Kamara and you have and you need a flex starter, congratulations, Latavius Murray is a every week start at this point. That no doubt about it. Um, but I, I don't, you know, will time will tell. We'll see how it goes. Um, but this is this is a, a topsy turny flip. The this is like Derrick Henry going down. Last year, or uh, yeah, like, but Derrick Henry went down for week 14 and week 16, so it's a, that one's a little more intense, but it's kind of like the biggest injury, I mean, the biggest change in direction since then. It's like an injury. I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I'm sad. Yeah. I feel you, Tim. I feel you. Uh, well, on to my second uh, surprise of the week. This guy we discussed, we we're like, specifically me, I was like, look, Baker Mayfield has played in a monsoon for three straight weeks. We really don't know how that offense operates at this point when he's not in a monsoon without OBJ and just like their new, just like their offense operating without a monsoon. <laughs> Michael, you just used the word monsoon that three that, times in a row. Let's go. It's just crazy to me that that's, those are actual words, but that's 2020. And I mean, Jarvis Landry had a game and a half against Jacksonville. 11 targets, 8 for 143 and a touchdown. I didn't want to be the guy who trusted him, not in a monsoon the first time out. But if you did, it was glorious because he had a huge game for you. And uh, if this moving forward, if the weather is good in Cleveland and wherever they're playing, Jarvis Landry may have some wide receiver three appeal weekly because he was clearly the main guy for Baker Mayfield in that offense. I'm going to be talking about another... Cleveland Brown in a little bit. But before I get to that, my next surprise, surprise is the Raiders completely shitting the bed. Like, yo, there's one thing to not meet expectations. There's another thing to get completely demolished by a team that has been getting demolished. And I know the Falcons have been better, but they haven't been this good. And this is classic Raiders. Classic Raiders. Every time the Raiders become the hunter rather than the hunted, 
they shit the bed. They are really good at being the underdog in the corner who fights out and, and salvages the round. They're really bad at being the favorite who wants to knock somebody out. And that showed again. John Gruden, yo, I know this is a young team, so I'm giving John Gruden the benefit of the doubt. But yo, if, if everyone praises you for being a great coach, you've got to get your shit together over there. Because there's chaos in that building. Because every time they were in a, a bad situation, a penalty, I mean a, a good situation, a penalty got them out of it. Every time they made a turnover or got something good, a turnover happened on the other end. And five turnovers in a game is there's only so much players could do at that point. That's also bad coaching. That's getting out coached. That's getting out schemed. That's getting out everything. And the and the and the Raiders got out everything. Like there's no reason why that passing offense should have done to Derek Carr what got done to Derek Carr. There's no reason. Because Derek Carr has been good enough to take advantage of this bad defense. And this bad defense has been bad enough to get exploited by Carr. And that did not happen. And that's because the wrong game plan was in place. That's because there was no discipline and big plays were being erased over and over again. That's because you decided to throw it to Hunter Renfro a hundred fucking times. Because that it, stupid, stupid. That this is the this is the team that gives us the most long shots in the league, and Hunter Renfro is getting targeted over and over again. Like it's just bad coaching. So, in my opinion, my that's my surprise is that this guy that everyone's so high on, that got a ten year contract after not coaching for years, who took someone else's roster and won a championship with it. Although his roster was the team that he was playing, so you know, um, it's not it's not bash John Gruden time. But fuck, you gotta you gotta prove yourself, bro. Because right now, y- y- your team's a mess, and the Raiders are a mess, and that's my surprise. Because I expected big games. Maybe you know we had one of our shout out to Casanova, one of our writers who called this for the second time, called the Josh Jacobs bust that overly hit. Like that was a, a super bust game. The second time he he nailed that on the bus and and sleepers article. So that was maybe expected. But yo, Derek Carr was one of the best streamers of the week. Nelson Aguilar was been playing by team team upon team upon team upon team. Um even Renfro though what uh, in uh Waller doing nothing like yo this is just bad coaching and I blame it on Gruden. I mean, let's also not just for some reason this year became the you know what? Everyone flipped the script. Derek Carr's OD underrated, bro. Year for whatever reason, like it became the cool thing to love Derek Carr. And the fact of the matter remains, the dude is a super average quarterback playing average football. And all he had to do was have a semi-decent game against Atlanta. And he had one of the worst games of his career in a, what should be cakewalk matchup based on this season overall. And I mean, Derek Carr is someone I was low on. I was higher on him. Like, I was low on him on, like, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I got higher on him. And then by Saturday, Sunday, I was like, nah, I'm just not going to trust this dude. And I picked up, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick and plenty of area, uh, plenty of teams. I told, he told a couple patrons uh, to start Fitzpatrick over Derek Carr as well. I just didn't want to trust him. And I didn't think it was going to be that ugly and that bad. But, geez, Louise, you're right. It was just all around one of the worst performances I've seen from a team all year. And shout out Raheem Morris, though. Yeah, man. Awesome. He's trying to the interim. Keep, yeah. Interim head coach really making a strong case to keep that job. He's trying to get forward. that interim title like stricken. Like you know that uh 
Like that font that lets you just strike right through the middle. That's what he's trying to do. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Michael, is that you're done with the surprise surprise? Am I? I'm really losing. I'm I'm losing it today. Yes, I am. All right, let's go to our next segment: the stock rising players whose stocks are going higher. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at ten cents a share. And by the way, John. Our analyst indicator could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a Grand Slam home run. You want to talk about a Grand Slam home run? A Grand Slam home run was when we, on the Patreon pod, by the way, patreon.com slash Fantasy. if you want to get the extra podcast every week on Tuesdays, told you guys to spend whatever you need to spend on Justin Jefferson, and if you got him, it paid. Because his stock is rising. If you thought he couldn't be the number one guy with Adam Thielen not around, you were wrong. This dude is fucking nice, bro. Like watching him is insane. He has he he runs the entire route tree. He's fast. He's, he's deceptive. Great. He's quick. He's agile. He's like Justin Jefferson is going to be a name that you are going to get very familiar with very soon. And as long as Adam Thielen is out, his stock is up. And even with Adam Thielen in, his stock is still up there. But now he's even better. Justin Jefferson has has catapulted himself into a new. Into a, a, I think now that Thielen's out, uh, every week, set it and forget it, wide receiver won until Thielen comes back. Dude, and it also helps that Kirk Cousins is also a, a people don't want to see it, but has been an efficiency stud of the season. Uh, he's third overall in true throw value, just barely behind the top two in Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And... Uh, excuse me, and Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes is actually slightly behind, although he likely is going to move up this week. We are yet to input true values for this week. But, yeah, Justin Jefferson's an absolute stud, and man, oh, man, is he going to be a baller for years and years and years. I just thought about this. I uh, Kirk Cousins is like a really old car. Like, a, a car that has a lot of miles on it. Like, it'll get you from A to B. Takes a while to start up, though, because Kirk Cousins always starts the season bad. And no one really likes it because it's kind of not really colorful on the outside. It's kind of dull. And it's old. And, you know, it's not new. It's not shiny. But if you need to get from A to B, Kirk Cousins is an A-er to B-er. And he's, he's on a roll right now. So that's, like, my, like you said, even more ju- reason why Justin Jefferson is his stock is rising. He's the Pontiac Tempest, not the Buick Skylock. <laughs> a Buick Skylock. <laughs> Go ahead, Never first. be confused with the Pontiac Tempest. Never. <laughs> uh, my first stock rising, Antonio Gibson, taking the L on this one. I said I was just going to keep fading this guy until he didn't find the end zone because he's been touchdown dependent, and that was the wrong decision. Let, let me make this clear, though. When I say fading him, I was fading him as an RB1. I still played him in all the leagues where I roster him. I still ranked him as a top twenty option. I can it's confirm. Like I, I can. People, I can confirm that he played him as well. I can confirm that. <laughs> it's not like I told people to sit Antonio Gibson. I just thought he was more a TD dependent RB two option rather than a set it and forget it RB one. But this dude just continues to prove everyone wrong. He gets Pittsburgh next week, which will be by far his biggest test. Of this stretch run where he has been an absolute stud. So I'm very curious to see how that game will go. Um, That will be very telling, uh, I think, especially with his 
increased role in the passing game against Dallas, too. Seven targets, five receptions, 21 yards. But uh, Antonio Gibson's stock is certainly up because he, at this point, you cannot leave him on your bench, period. Half-point PPR, RB5 overall in the season. Hot damn. Um, Do you know who is an absolute stud? And this is the Brown I was talking about before. I've been singing the the song of Nick Chubb is the best pure running back in the NFL for a while now. And I think that every week he just confirms it. This offense clearly runs around Nick Chubb. He is what makes them go. He is what, he is what makes them tick. And he puts together another solid, ridiculously good game. 144 yards on the ground. A rushing touchdown. He even added three catches for 32 yards. 19 attempts. Touched the ball 21, 22 times. This guy is phenomenal. And if you were one of the people who took the chance and said, I don't care about Kareem Hunt and took him in the second round, or maybe, yeah, he didn't really drop to the third round, but took him in the second round as your second running back or your first running back after drafting a stud wide receiver, you're paying, you're, you are very happy about this because he's up on the top of the leaderboard in rushing, in rushing touchdowns. And he's towards the top of everything, despite the fact that he missed four games totals in totals. Like, you can't find the top five category without Nick Chubb in it in, t- in terms of rushing. And he missed four it will, games. It will always make me giddy that the Patriots decided to draft Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb. Facts. And that's Good another times. thing I could talk about for, for forever. Oh, genius Bill Belichick. He's, he's trading his picks back again. He's such a genius. He gets depth. Yeah, where's that depth now? You have no talent whatsoever because you draft exclusively in the third round. True. You have a fucking 15 third round picks. Congratulations. You suck now. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Michael. Uh, my second stock rising, Mr. Allen Robinson. He is someone I discussed as a buy low target earlier in the a couple of weeks ago, actually. And the buy low availability was there because he was he was letting you down. If you had Allen Robinson, he had four or five games under 12 points prior to the bye week, which is just something that you don't want from Allen Robinson. And then I was hoping the QB change to Mitchell Trubisky would occur because despite the fact that he's clearly not good, he is better than Nick Foles. And true values say that as well. He's almost double Nick Foles. So each target is worth double that value. And against the Green Bay Packers and Jair Alexander and company, Allen Robinson went eight for 74 and two touchdowns on 13 targets. And that was by far his most difficult matchup remaining. He gets Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville to close it out. He should be a strong play moving forward. And uh, he's looking more like that uh, top 15 guy now than he was. He was really falling down to like wide receiver three territory. But if he's going to keep seeing targets and with these glorious matchups coming up, he could really be a, a nice piece going forward. All right, Michael, rest of season, who would you rather have, him or Justin Jefferson? Rest of season? Rest of season. <clears throat> I'd probably go Robinson since Thielen is going to come back. Robert Woods. Or Allen Robinson? Yeah. Robinson. Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. Just barely, though. Deontay Johnson. Robinson, just barely. Jason offered me Robinson for all four of those guys in our home league, and I said no. I wouldn't have answered those like that though last week probably because yeah. Nick Foles was still the quarterback right. and 
Yeah. It shows you. It shows you like how much how much can change in a week. It really does. Um speaking of how much can change in a week, my last stock rising is Robbie Anderson. Michael, this is another one I I gotta say I told you so. I told you Robbie Anderson had the good matchup this week, bro. Relax. I did. He had the good matchup. He he finally scored a touchdown. And he had a 45-yard catch and run touchdown. That's why you have to play Robbie Anderson in good matchups because he can do that. Second touchdown of the year. Relax. All right. All right. Anyway, Robbie Anderson had a good game. And now with DJ Moore probably going to miss some time, Robinson and Curtis Samuel stock is rising. So Robbie Anderson definitely goes from someone who I thought was on the way to the scrap heap to all of a sudden looking very good. And I think... Definitely worth, uh, you know, now what the reputation he built was as a every week wide receiver, too, even though he hadn't been living up to that reputation. I think now he can. Yeah, um, I don't disagree. Uh, It's just a little hard for me to really buy into Robbie Anderson, though, because honestly, I'm I do think he gets a little bit of a bump because losing DJ Moore is significant. But I do think Curtis Samuel is also getting a big bump here and Christian McCaffrey is going to return, man. Don't forget that. Like all the targets going to DJ Moore, Mike Davis completely lost his role in the passing game. Basically that's not going to happen with Christian McCaffrey. There are going to be a lot more design passes to the running back with Christian McCaffrey returning after the bye week. So it's just for me, I am not going to claim him a, victor of this injury just yet because of cmc's return i, I just think it, it i think it does give him a slight boost though you definitely can't say it doesn't help him a little bit but who knows maybe dj Moore plays after the bye but they're saying that might be the case which is just seems a little absurd at the moment yo mad random christian mccaffrey is a gorgeous man like he is he is phenomenally handsome like he's like i i saw his commercial the other day and he was like staring in the camera with his blue eyes i'm like holy shit bro that guy is handsome just they're funny dude. Tim. Just throwing that out there, dude. and he's got he's he's married to a bombshell. Like they're gonna have yeah, he is. ridiculously look good. Are they married? Kids. I think they're married. I don't, I'm, maybe they're dating. I don't know. I'm not really into yeah, fire, celebrity though. stuff. Super like fire. That. If they have a kid though, bro. Oh my god, that thing's gonna rule the world. It's gonna be like I the think. that. Yeah, I don't know if it's a boy or girl yet. So I say thing. <laughs> that person. That person, there you go. That's better. Anyways, my final stock rising, Mr. Debo Samuel returns with a bang. Facts. Interestingly enough, they didn't seem to be shadowing Debo with Jalen Ramsey, like at all during the game, which I thought was odd, especially like the Rams ended up losing that game. And they Debo Samuel was really the only piece of that offense beating them. And Debo Samuel's doing some stuff that we have never really seen before because his last three healthy games, uh, he has over 65 receiving yards in all of them, 133 last week, 11 rece- receptions, and the vast majority of these targets are at or behind the line of scrimmage. Like, we don't talk about air yards often because air yards are stupid, and this is one of the reasons why air yards are completely as stupid. A predictor, you stop looking at as it. As a predictor tool, but they do have their their, their utilities. But you're about but to he tell has, us about them. Negative air yards over the last three weeks, and he has 260 receiving yards during wow. that time. Wow! Wow! That that's that's mind blowing. Absolutely absurd, and that's the offense Kyle Shanahan's running with Nick Mullins and company. And I do not see that changing. And Debo Samuel, as long as he is going to be playing, he is going to be a locked and loaded wide receiver three with upside that can break one out literally at any time, as we saw multiple times this week. Against uh against the Rams, Kyle Shanahan just like he knows where he's good, 
and he just doubles down on it. He's like, I'm really good at running backs. I'm just going to make my wide receiver running back. <laughs> How do you not love Kyle Shanahan, yo? <laughs> like, I'm going just... <laughs> to have another one. I'm just going to put one on the outside. <laughs> like That team is still in the playoff hunt, despite the fact that they're just losing everyone every single week. It's crazy. As soon as the Niners signed him as a... And I and I have proof of this. As soon as the Niners signed him as a coach, I called a 49ers dynasty. I was he like, did. Here, That's a great here call. it comes. Well, I'm not it's not a great call yet. Um Kyle Shanahan's stock is up. But you know, we at Brodo, we're you know, we're masochists. We like to start this uh with the stock. We have to end it with the stock down. So let's talk about the people whose stock is falling. Because, you know, why not? Let's be sad. Why not? <laughs> The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Wow. Down 43% is, is, is definitely down. Someone who's down 43%, it might, they might be happy to be down 43% in terms of outlook. Alvin Kamara, I'm just, I know I already talked about this, but damn, man. Fuck. <sighs> that was a long one. I mean it. I really mean it. Man, I thought I was going to win the championship as of last week, and now my team looks like. If I make the playoffs, I'll be happy just to, like, be there. Uh, just because Alvin Kamara and Josh Jacobs. Fuckers. Anyway, go ahead, Michael. Sorry, I know I'm supposed to be talking about other people's fantasy teams, but it's hard to get over last week. Last week was not a good week for me fantasy-wise. Tim, you know what? I guess I'll continue talking about your fantasy team because my first stock down <laughs> is Kyler Murray. Oh. <laughs> Look, obviously said, it was not a good week for me. I said on last week's podcast, I am concerned about the shoulder injury because it seemed like he was running less, and more importantly, near the goal line, Kenyon Drake scored a touchdown. And then this week, I was like, I'm very interested to see if Kyler Murray, if they get to the goal line, if he's going to do the classic play action, walk into the end zone, or is he going to hand the ball off to Kenyon Drake? And there go all his rushing stats, which really, really buoy his fantasy appeal. And guess what? Kenyon Drake had two touchdowns, and both times... He got stuffed multiple times and still scored because they were like, no, we're just getting it in with Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake got into the end zone. And Kyler Murray had his first real super dud of the year, less than nine fantasy points. Over the last two weeks, he has 46 rushing yards combined and 10 rush attempts combined. Prior to that, he ran at least 10 times in every single game except one or except two, actually, except three, actually. Okay, I'm bugging out a little bit. But these are this is the lowest two game span by far. all season long. By far. By a long Yeah. Time. And he had thirty one rushing yards this week. Last week eleven fifteen rushing yards. So it's like maybe they're downplaying this injury. It does seem that way from to me because they are clearly not trying to put him in harm's way right now. And the offense in general is taking a huge toll because of it, because they cannot afford to lose any more games. And that's what makes Kyler Murray special is his leg. So he needs to be running because he is not a traditional pocket passer. And with the Rams coming up next week and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and company, there is a 0% chance he's able to last as a pocket passer if they don't get him out in space. 
I'm a little less nervous than you about Kyler Murray. I I, I do think that there's something to be said about the Patriots having a year yearly history, Tom Brady or not, at taking the opponent's best attribute and shutting it down. And they know the opponent's best at, best attribute is Kyler Murray. And if you look, but if you look at the 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 game, you know, because you know there's certain games that I watch closer. Obviously, I'm just because of human nature. This is one I'm watching closely, particularly those goal lines. The Patriots are just in position for the option, the correct option, option being run the ball up the gut, like because the corners are just sealed. And I think that that's, I think that's more of it than, than anything else. But you are right. This is concerning. So, but I don't think the stock is down. Maybe I'm just being hopeful because the rest of my team is, is falling apart. Um, Zach Moss is my second stock falling. Outtouched 14 to 11 by Devin Singletary right when it looked like like Zach Moss was ready to kind of take the reins of that backfield and he had been trending towards um, being the better of the two running backs. All of a sudden, Devin Singletary gets the love again. And, you know, Devin, the stock is down because of what happened, but Singletary also lost a big fumble. So maybe that has, you know, maybe add just as easily Zach Moss could be my stock up section next week. But as of right now, if I'm a Zach Ross uh, manager, I'm trying. I'm disappointed by the outcomes this week. Yeah, uh, I was on the Zach Moss can be played as a strong flex play and even as an RB two option if need be, and certainly was not a good game for him. I feel like going forward, I'm just going to be on the bandwagon of don't start a Bills running back, especially with the matchups coming up, San Fran and Pitt, and then Denver and New England to close it out, Oof. like. All teams in the bottom 15 in points allowed fantasy running back. So, no thank you to Bills running backs for me. Some of them well into the bottom 15, like number one in terms of the Steelers. Um, Michael, who's your last guy? My, I got two left, Tim. My second uh, well, stock falling. I, my second one's my last one's kind of whack. So, I, you know, Michael, I'll hit you up. It's, t- it's your time to shine, bro. Take it oh away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Starting with number two, <laughs> Michael Thomas. Uh, right? After being stock up, this is what we're talking about, fluidity, baby. Look, he gets Atlanta <laughs> next week again, which is fun and dandy and all that. But four receptions of 50 yards on six targets. And Taysom Hill, again, I don't know if they decided to just run the ball down Denver's throats just because Denver was doing it to them. It was just all strange to me. But he only threw for 78 yards. He ran 10 times. The team as a unit ran the ball nonstop, Murray, Kamara, and Hill. And if this is going to be a pass excuse me a run first team then Michael Thomas isn't going to have the volume unless he's really forced the ball and look his target share was there with the six targets but it is certainly concerning that Taysom Hill looked like he forgot how to play he looked like tight end Taysom Hill last week and you don't want to see that like maybe it was just the Atlanta matchup that really had him uh going the week prior but honestly at this point, like you can't start Michael Thomas confidently as a wide receiver one, maybe a wide receiver two. It's just it's been it's been bad for those who decided to play who decided to draft Michael Thomas in the first round this year. Yeah, it has. Uh although I, I think there is a good chance he has a good game next week, like you said. Who's your who's your third guy, Mike? And then my third guy, lastly, you taking, is you taking screenshots over there? <laughs> that was uh <laughs> yes. But uh Lastly, Christian Kirk. Yes, you love Christian Kirk. Who does Michael love hating on more, Joe Mixon or Christian Kirk? That is the question. 
Yeah. Look, Christian Kirk, we, we tried to warn you repeatedly that this dude, I said, maybe you could trust him this week as a wide receiver three flex option and what should be a decent matchup. You said he gets JC Jackson and I was like, you're right. But it seems like it's a matchup where he should be able to produce at least something. And it was another huge letdown. Three straight games with less than seven fantasy points now after that glorious stretch of matchups that he had. Like every single game where he's played a defense in the bottom 15 in points allowed to receivers, he scored single digit fantasy points. Every game where he's played a team 15th or better in fantasy points allowed. So good matchups. He has double-digit fantasy points. Going forward, he has New England, the Rams, the Giants, Philly, and San Fran. All teams that are in the bottom 15. The Giants are right there on the edge at 13th, so maybe they have a decent matchup. But look, Christian Kirk, no thank you. You could sit on my bench or hit the waiver wire again where you've always belonged. You had a nice little run, but see you later. We're going to finish this. And now hit me with your last one, Tim. Last but not least, stock down is everything you thought about the fantasy season up until this point. Stock down is everything that you think you know about anything. Stock down is getting comfortable. Stock down is letting your guard down. That's what stock down is. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to preach that this is not the time to sulk or slack. You think you're almighty with your Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah, you're cruising, right? Everything changes in an instant. Oh, Will Fuller, he was great for you, right? Oh, yeah, everything changes in an instant. Dalvin Cook went down last week and grabbed his ankle. That could have changed everything in an instant. You never know what's going to happen, so stay diligent. Keep working the waiver wire. Keep listening to Brodo. Keep visiting BrotoFantasy.com. Keep giving us questions. Keep focused because this is the difference between champions and pretenders, between guys who tell stories about how they came back and won a championship versus guys who still tell stories about how they got screwed that year and didn't win it. Because you know you've been both of those guys. And if you haven't been the championship guy yet, you're at the right place. I'm going to leave it at that, Michael. I think that was a good way to end it. What do you say? I like it. Mike, where can they find you? Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. See what we did there? Then you can find us all at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Honestly, if you're going to follow anything, follow Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. That's the one where we want you to follow. That's where we put all of our fantasy um, advice, all of our fantasy opinions, all of our fantasy nothings. Like, you know how you just think about fantasy nothings throughout the day? We, we tweet them. Um, so that's where we put our, our everything. You could also get every single touchdown tweeted on Sunday. So if you're away, if you're like at your father-in-law's birthday party, which always falls on a Sunday for me, or if you're somewhere else and you, and you just need some updates, you can get them quick. Look at your phone. Oh shit. Nice. Um, Deshaun Watson just ran in a touchdown. My team's nice. Yay. Yay. Something like that. Um, BrotoFantasy.com for all Broto fantasy, patreon.com slash Broto fantasy to, to support the show. Um, and that's it for today. Tim, real quick, interesting, uh, interesting news here. Kickoff is at 3.40 p.m., Ravens-Steelers. So we got a mid-afternoon Wednesday game. Interesting. I thought that was, I thought it was because sometimes my phone is in West Coast time. 
Very interesting. So I thought it was just, uh, is your phone in West Coast time by accident? The, the Yahoo app randomly has West Coast time as the times. Yeah, is it? But are you sure you're not looking at that? I'm on Twitter, man. I'm not on Yahoo. 3.40 p.m. Wednesday. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> Later. And, but don't forget, patron pod oh. tomorrow. Oh, don't. This is big time. We'll discuss Will Fuller and company. Don't you forget it. Later. Later.